Chapter Seventeen of Nan Sherwood at Lakeview Hall. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Elaine Conway. Nan Sherwood at Lakeview Hall by Annie Rowe Carr. Chapter Seventeen: A Lark in Prospect dr beulah prescott herself heard of the chums's adventure and called nan and bess into her office before bedtime what is all this i hear about you trying to cross lake huron in an open boat asked the principal lightly but she looked grave enough before nan had finished her true and particular narrative of the incident dr prescott did not scold the chums as mrs cupp certainly would have done but she went much more thoroughly into the affair than the matron could or would she sent for henry the boat-keeper and that rather careless individual learned that he was expected to have a closer oversight over the use of the boats by the girls at all times and especially was he to watch the weather signals which were flown from the pole at the life-saving station on lighthouse point nan said nothing to the principal of the school about the person she and bess had seen prowling about the boathouse she thought that for once probably henry had enough trouble when grace mason got back to the hall at nine o'clock she was also called in to see dr beulah as most of the girls affectionately called the preceptress but she was not called upon to give her version of the adventure at all later the preceptress wrote a very nice letter to walter mason's father commending his son for the bravery and good sense he had shown in saving the girl canoeists nan and bess and even grace were made a good deal of by the other girls because of the adventure and every time walter mason came to see his sister grace asked permission for nan and bess to meet him too this way the chums from tilbury got many an automobile ride and boat ride that they would not otherwise have enjoyed because of this new association of nan and bess with grace and her brother linda riggs's tongue dripped venom not honey the rich girl had gathered around her a coterie of girls like cora courtney and mabel schiff and they echoed linda's ill-natured remarks and ridiculous stories the great number of the older girls at lakeview hall as nan had very sensibly said paid no attention whatsoever to the ill-natured talk of linda riggs's clique as for those girls smaller and younger than nan and bess and there were many of them they were little interested in the controversy of course right at the beginning of her school life at lakeview hall nan sherwood had made friends with the little girls they all soon learned that nan was sympathetic could enter into their play with perfect equality was glad to help them in their lessons and altogether filled the part of big sister to perfection bess did not care so much for children perhaps it was because she had some bothersome small brothers and sisters at home nan who was an only child had always longed for a brother or sister although she could not remember him the tiny brother who had lived a short few weeks at the little dwelling in amity and then had gone away for ever was much in nan sherwood's thoughts it gets me bess sputtered once to her chum 
how you can actually play dolls with those primary kids a big girl like you i like dolls said nan placidly ha huh, i believe you do cried mess i wonder you don't litter up our room with them and doll clothes and baby carriages and cradles and bess laughed gaily with no idea of how close she had come to touching upon nan's secret dr prescott did not make the chums pay for the lost canoe so nan relieved of the necessity for doing so decided not to tell her father and her mother about the canoe accident as she knew they would worry needlessly nor did Kellis best tell her parents Bess had a strong personal reason for keeping the adventure a secret. She did not want to put any obstacle in the way of the purchase of the boat she was teasing for. Nan was writing long and enthusiastic letters to Scotland. In return, she received from both Momsey and Papa Sherwood most encouraging reports of the progress of the court proceedings over Mr. Huey Blake's will, under the terms of which Mrs. Sherwood was to receive considerable wealth it seemed that the controversy was practically finished and nan's parents would soon be coming home in one of these letters received early in the school year nan found a five-pound note to do just what she pleased with oh what do you do with so much money gasped bess and all in a bunch twenty-five dollars why nan your father must be richer than mine they know i haven't had much here to for to spend extravagantly responded nan her eyes twinkling while you have been extravagant all your life well my father never gives me such a sum all at once for spending money but you're so cautious nan ugh sensible i hate that word so do i dislike it said nan briskly I don't think I am any more sensible than other girls, unless I am more so than you, Bess. And she laughed at her chum. Well, what will you do with your money? asked Bess. That will tell the story. I don't know. Have a regular big junket. What? Treat the whole school to ice cream, laughed Nan. Ho, ice cream melts too fast it's all over too soon returned bess with a frown buy lollipops then or jawbreakers they last longer say this is no time to joke it's serious declared bess putting her mind to the matter of the disbursement of a chum's windfall all right agreed nan the committee on entertainment will now go into executive session what's your idea elizabeth about buying every one of those two hundred girls at lakeview hall a twelve and a half cent rubber doll Puh. your mind runs on dolls nan sherwood you are certainly getting into your second childhood said bess with disgust perhaps admitted nan do let's be serious bess begged again what is the most popular thing among the girls those new side combs exclaimed nan yes and i'm going to have a pair just as soon as mother sends me my next spending money i'll buy you a pair said generous nan quickly no you won't silly i'll not let you fritter away any of that perfectly 
splendid five pound note in foolishness oh responded nan dryly much amused to hear bess harley so very practical the practicality of the discussion might be doubted by anybody save boarding-school girls bess quickly proved to her own satisfaction if not entirely to nan's that the small after hours of supper was the most popular form of entertainment then in vogue at lakeview hall you know cora corney and that crowd are always talking about a strawberry festival that she into riggs engineered last june and now they are planning to have another big spread soon in some room on their corridor well observed nan we won't be invited to it no and they won't be invited to ours cried bess promptly if we have a spread agreed nan it's just the thing bess pursued very enthusiastic eating promotes fellowship and his digestion laughed nan especially such a combination as laura had in her room the other night sour pickles ice-cream cones and salty peanuts phew that was fierce acknowledged bess i didn't eat much but i felt squirmy just the same after it but if we give the girls the big eats let's have something nice but digestible let's agreed nan it's against the rules oh dear now don't begin that begged bess well they all do it if dr beulah wasn't so awfully strict about our having what she calls a plain wholesome supper and refusing to let us add sweets and the like to the supper bill of fare i'm sure the girls wouldn't be dying for these spreads if the girls had what they wanted at supper dr prescott would have to charge about twice what she does now for tuition and board at lakeview hall never mind that said bess briskly the question is shall we have the spread if you like agreed nan so it was decided with twenty-five dollars they would have a bountiful feast a dollar a plate would give us a delightful supper with salad and ices and all said bess who knew more about such things than nan for her mother entertained a great deal in tilbury but how'll we ever get such things up to your room gasped nan that puzzled bess and twenty-five girls would just about swamp us nan added oh dear hire a hall said nan roguishly now don't nan sherwood you're dreadful cried bess almost in tears as she saw her castle in the air dissolving wait commanded nan good-naturedly patting her chum on the shoulder all is not yet lost up and at em guards never say die i've just set my heart on the biggest kind of a spread mourned bess i wanted anything cora and linda and mabel and that set did to look like a punctured jitney oh bess what language well now let me think said nan seriously think what thoughts of course goosey laughed nan wait first we must plan to have the spread in a suf sufficiently roomy place but it's got to be in the hall cried bess all near it suggested nan 
What do you mean? Listen, commanded Nan dramatically. I have thought of just the place. We can get the goodies brought around from the caterer in Freeling, in a boat, and nobody will be the wiser. But where? What? demanded Bess. So Nan told her. End of chapter 17